As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. That's right, it's episode 317, and today we begin our adventures in the Scream franchise. Ah! I'm feeling woozy, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yes, for those of you who've been asking for this for a long time, including one of our buddies who does uh, YouTube uh, that you guys should check out. He's a big fan. He's obviously a big fan because he wears a sort the ghost of ghost face. Yeah, he wears sort of a, his own version of ghost. It's a ghost fake mask, as he calls it. <laughs> if you want to check it out, it's called Survivor's Guilt. I'm sure he'll be tuning in uh, to much dismay, maybe, <laughs> because he's a huge fan, and I've told him I'm not a big fan. But we'll see. We'll see how if things changed for me, Christina. You have been a big fan, right? Not a big fan, but I'm a. I I think I'm a, a big fan. A now. bigger fan than I? Yeah. I'm a bigger fan than you. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we got a lot of thoughts on this franchise. We're gonna try to do our scores at the end of this. They could change, you know, by the end of the whole oh, like franchise. Franchise, yeah, because it's a little different when you're doing an entire franchise. You're trying to shift things around to what you feel they fit. Mm-hmm. So I would say that, you know, we'll give you kind of our initial thoughts up front and then by the end of the franchise, which will uh, culminate to the one that's going to be out in theaters March 10th, uh, which will have an episode for that one and the fifth one, which we never saw, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, that will will give you like our, you know, our range, like which ones we like in which order uh, and what scores possibly they may be. So mm-hmm. final scores. So. But yeah, how are things going with you? What's going on? Good. It's snowing in California. Ah, we saw a movie where it was snowing too, but it, it was wasn't snowing. Snowing cocaine. Yeah. Cocaine. <laughs> I like cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Cocaine Bear was out in the theater, right? Yep, we went. We went to go see it. You, I, people know how I feel, so let's let's hear you talk about oh it. Oh my god! Because I did a YouTube video. If you guys haven't seen, I'm very proud of the video. It's gotten very few views because popular movies always do that for some reason. I don't know why. But go ahead. Oh yeah, it was really good. I had a really good time. I liked it. I yeah. was very disappointed though that they didn't use a real bear, which means they probably didn't use real cocaine. So of course, you know. But I I liked it. <laughs> It was, it was She's joking, by the way. <laughs> Am I? It so? sounds very serious, though. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, we. I really enjoyed it too. Um. I've f- seen a couple of friends that were just like, "Yeah, I didn't find it funny at all." 
I'm like, you're dead to me. Yeah, like, how can they even take that whole movie seriously? I, I think some people were expecting too much. I don't know. It's like, they, I think they were expecting, like, like black sheep levels of cocaine bear, which, in my opinion, it's, it's, it's quality yeah. over quantity in that movie, my opinion. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think there was more quality kills in cocaine bear than there was just, like, anything, go for it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. yeah. People some... just want to be miserable. Just let them be miserable. No, I don't think it's that. Yes, it is. I it's think a... people just maybe went into high expectations. How could you go in with high expectations to a movie called Cocaine I, Bear? I don't even know how you can be disappointed with a, a movie called Cocaine Bear. <laughs> okay. I know you can be disappointed with a movie called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Because that one took itself too seriously, is what I'm hearing. From uh-huh. most people. I haven't uh-huh. seen it yet, of course, but we watched The Killing Tree by the same director, and that was one of those uh, movies that was taking it far too seriously. Yeah, it was bad. Even there was even though there was silly stuff on the screen. Right. So and that's what disturbed us. We're like, you should have just had a little bit more fun with it. Right. Not cross that line. That's what I think Cocaine Bear kind of relies on is living in that not going like going far enough that it can be ridiculous, but not going too far where it's just a spoof Stupid. of itself. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was a, probably one of my favorite experiences I've had in the theater in a while. That theater was packed too. Yeah, for yeah, and it's not, we haven't seen a theater packed. We haven't been to right. the theater that much, to be fair though. Right. That was just one of those movies. It's like a meme. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those popular things where people just got to go see it, right? Right. But uh, yeah. Uh, we got some more movies that we need to do that we're going to be doing. I got an interview coming up possibly here. So you guys might want to keep an eye out for the YouTube video for that. I watched a movie here called uh, uh, Spoonful of Sugar, and uh, one of the writers reached out to me, and we might be doing something with them very soon. So keep an eye out for that. Um, pretty interesting movie, by the way, if you haven't watched my review on it. It's coming out March 3rd on Shutter. I got to catch it early because some sort of mistake on Shutter's app. They didn't check mark something or tick box or whatever, you know, and it and it was actually searchable in the actual Shutter app. And so I was like, uh, I'm gonna review it because somebody's gonna lose their job. No, yeah, right. No, I don't think so. But uh, I think in doing so, I think it it kind of reached uh, the creators. So I'm excited about that, and I really do want to talk to them about it because the movie is pretty fucking dire. <laughs> What's it called again? It's called Spoonful of Sugar, as in like the spoonful of sugar makes oh. the medicine go down. Yeah. So, right. but on a way more acid trip kind of way. <laughs> 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 They're like dosing kids and shit in the movie. It's fucked up. So, but, um, but yeah, um, anything else going on that we're uh, looking forward to? No. I was thinking about other franchises we might tackle this year. And I don't remember if Final Destination's coming out this year or not. But if it is, I would assume it might be this summer. And if we do that, if we find out when, mm-hmm. then we'll probably have to watch all of those movies, which we just right. bought. But there's five of them. Oh, it's great. not as much as like Saul, you know, at least. Right. <laughs> Where you had to watch 20 movies just to fucking like get to the <laughs> the end. Yeah, it's one. like ridiculous. Um, are you? Is there any anything else you're looking forward to this year? Just Evil Dead. Just Evil it, Dead. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, well, you know, I'm okay. There's like an whatever. underground indie movie called Breach that I'm really looking forward to. It's got like a, a, a Lovecraftian indie film, mm-hmm. and it's about this. The the there's like a breach in the like is in a dimensional breach, mm-hmm. uh, and it causes some sort of crazy shit to happen, and like a bunch of mutated people and stuff. 
So I really want to see it, but we haven't heard. And one of my buddies, Will Slade, from the SOBs who love SOV, he actually reached out to the director but hasn't heard back yet. So it got pulled out of distribution or something like that. It was supposed to have been aired, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it must have found distribution at the last minute, and they probably pulled it from the release date. So, Mm -hmm. But we haven't heard anything about it. It did play a few festivals. I'm kind of curious to see what it's about. There's quite a few movies coming out this year that'll be... I think pretty decent, quite a few big movies, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. We, uh, I try to post as many trailers that I think are interesting and watch as many as I can. Right now we're kind of in a lull of like horror movies. It's not a lull because there's still underground horror movies that you haven't heard of or seen that you may not be know that are coming out that I either get a chance to do a review or not. Sometimes I just watch a movie because you know, I'm curious about it. And then if I feel like I'm encouraged to say something more, I'll do it. Sometimes I don't because I don't have the time. I can't stay awake. I don't think it's fair to the movie or I just don't want to be negative, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. So just so you guys know, but I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horror shots. All right, so we decided to do a sort of saying that was in the first movie. It's a, it's a shot. It's going to be dedicated for the whole franchise. We're probably going to... I don't want to do a shot for every single fucking, <laughs> you know, scream movie that there right. is. So we'll probably just have this one as uh, uh, as one. There's a couple of reasons for it. It's called a Wes Carpenter. And uh, part of the reason why I think that's kind of funny is because the Scream franchise, the, at least the first two movies, have a lot of Elm Street... And, of course, Halloween Halloween references and things like that. So there's a line in the movie where Sydney, the main girl, is talking about, you know, horror movies. And she says, yeah, don't that's something Wes Carpenter. She means to say one or the other, Wes Craven or John Carpenter, but she says Wes Carpenter. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of a funny little poke, you know, because people just mistake the name Mm -hmm. because they're so close and they're masters of horror. Right. So we decided to have this be our Wes Carpenter. And it is pretty much a kamikaze. Um, I decided to look up where, of course, both of them are from. If you didn't know this, John Carpenter was born and raised in New York. And, of course, Wes Craven was born in Ohio. Oh, Ohio. Yeah. So I looked up, you know, what is the national, like, favorite, you know, alcohol. And both of them are vodka. Oh, in the state. Yeah, in the state. And I was like, God damn it. You know, because obviously New York is a Manhattan. That's Uh a big one. Uh, and then there's also in Ohio, it's just straight up vodka. They actually like Tito's vodka the most oh, okay. in Ohio, by the way. That so. makes sense. Um, which we didn't have that, but we do have vodka. So I was like, well, let's just make a, you know, sort of a kamikaze, but with like a like a twist to it. So what we did is I put in about a, you're going to put this in a mixer, by the way, for each shot. It comes up to about two shots, but you put in like two thirds of a shot. And like one fourth of triple sec. So, you know, but if you really want to do it, you do one and a half shots of vodka and a half and a half a shot of uh, triple sec. Uh And then you do a double that if you want to do like four or something like that. You see what I'm saying? It's going to be a strong drink. Obviously, you're going to mix in some lime juice with that. Use it to your liking. And personally, I just like a couple squirts. 
you, you kind of want it strong because the vodka is going to be pretty heavy. Uh, also, we mixed in some raspberry, cranberry, and lemon juice. juice? Uh, just a sprinkle of that into it to give it some flavor. Oh, okay. So, just to make it our own, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to do just straight up kamikaze. It smells good. I hope so. Let's try it. All right. It's strong. Oh, it's strong. Ooh, it burns. Yes, yeah, what what alcohol does. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. How's it in the energy drink? Oh yeah, I just had the chaser of the energy drink, <laughs> which has alcohol in it too. Uh, yeah, because yesterday, by the way, guys, I fucking cheated. Christina's brother's birthday was yesterday, so we went out to Dave and Buster's, and I had a fucking big old bacon cheeseburger. And fries. And fries, which I'm not supposed to on keto. You're not supposed to have bread or fries. Potato. Potatoes at all, and it put me into a five-hour coma. (laughs) You were were out. Oh, and then I also had an angry orchard about a a glass and a half, a big, big old tall 24-ounce. Was it a pint? I think, so. I think it was bigger than a pint. Oh. Anyway, but yeah, I think it tastes okay. It's yeah, it's, it's going to okay. be strong. It's a kamikaze, so you might want to put a little bit more extra lime in there or juice, whatever it is. But uh, yeah, if you want to find out how to make a West Carpenter, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys, it's time to get into our... Adventures of Scream franchise. Six whole movies we'll be ending up with. So I hope you will follow us along. Watch these with us and, uh, you know, give us your opinions along the way, too. So let's go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of Scream from 1996 and Scream 2 from 1997. We're going to go ahead and do that right now. All right, guys, so I'm going to kick it off. I'm going to hear Christina's thoughts. You probably already know my thoughts about it more than hers anyway, so this is why I wanted to do that, by the way, Christina. Oh, okay. Thanks for letting me know ahead of time. Oh, what does it matter, right? Uh, So Christina did sort of the, like, notes on, like, who was in it and everything like that, so shout out. Thank you. Help me do the trivia a lot easier. Uh, But so Scream is about a year after the murder of her mother, a teenage girl is terrorized by a new killer who targets the girl and her friends by using horror films as part of a deadly game. Tagline, someone's taken their love of scary movies one step too far. (laughs) (laughs) It's too much. Uh, this, of course, was directed by the master Wes Craven, who passed away in 2015. His last movie was Scream 4. Uh, Night- he did Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously, The Last House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes from 1976, and Swamp Thing from 1982, and many more. It was written by Kevin Williamson, and this was his first movie that he also wrote, which was I Know What You Did Last Summer, The Faculty, Scream 2, Cursed, uh, more recently, he did Sick from 2022, which just came out this January, actually. Right. Uh, and I still haven't caught it yet, so it's 
that's a good reminder to check it out. I heard it's okay. Uh, he also is the creator of such uh, shows as The Vampire Diary, Dawson's Creek, and the following. Some of the stars in the movie are Nev Campbell, who plays Sydney, the main girl. She was in The Craft before this movie and uh, almost didn't do this movie because of it. Right. She didn't really like horror. She doesn't like to be scared, but she saw the potential in what was going on and decided to jump into it. Uh, we also have her in Wild Things from 1998, a very tepid, very weird role for her in that movie, by the way. Awkward. She's she very awkward, so awkward in that, in that movie. movie. I think it's just because she's not a very sexual. No, not at all. You know, and that movie's very highly sexual. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, which is funny because her co-star in that movie almost played Sydney in this movie. Right, right. Uh, what's her name? Denise Richards. Denise Richards. Yeah. yeah. Um, she was also in Party of Five, Skyscraper. Um, we also have Skeet Ulrich, who we just saw a movie with him recently. I did. Um, he he started out as an extra in Weekend at Bernie's, and he was also in The Craft, uh, who I think he was the one that got pushed out the window, right? Yep, he's the boyfriend <laughs> yeah. or the stalker. Boyfriend. How crazy is it that it's just like you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, it is. He was he's always been the really good douchebag uh, yeah, college character. kid. Yeah, and he was also in Escape Room from 2017. Wonder what the movie was that he I watched recently that he was in. Oh, he was in that movie Blood that I just saw recently. I almost did a review on it. I think I didn't because, or did I do a review on it? <laughs> I don't remember. I get so confused. I see so many movies. But anyway, Skeet Ulrich is in there playing a father, and it's he's got a weird role in that. But um, We also have Courtney Cox, who plays Gail Weathers, obviously from Friends and Cougar Town. Rose McGowan, who is playing Tatum. She was obviously in Planet Terror. Doom Generation and many more. David Arquette playing Deputy Dewey from Eight Legged Freak, Spree, and so many more. Uh, we also have Joseph Whip, who plays Sheriff Burke. Uh, he was a Nightmare on Elm Street, Escape from Alcatraz. Uh, we got Matthew Lillard, who played, obviously, the Scooby-Doo movies, SLC Punk, and many more. Uh, hackers, of course. Oh, yeah, Hackers. Uh, we also have Liv Schreiber, who is a cotton-weary in this movie. He also was in X-Men Origins, The Omen, um... What was the uh, horror movie that I love so much with uh, by Dean Koontz? The Phantoms movie. Oh, yeah. Love him in that. He's fucking, that's like one of his, my favorite roles of live. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a really good dickhead in a lot of movies, yeah, too. Yeah, a lot of movies. Um, we also have Jamie Kennedy, who plays Randy. Drew Barrymore is Casey. And Henry Winkler, who is the principal, obviously known as Fonz before this many times, and many other films. Lots of films. Budget for this was $14 million, so they knew what they were getting into when they made this, and it made over $103 million at the box office. I think it actually made more gross at the end, mm-hmm. about the same as the, se- as the sequel did, mm-hmm. like $173 million. People liked it. Sure did. Changed the entire 90s, so... Christina, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us what you think about this movie. Give us some background on it, too. I remember seeing this movie when it came out, and I remember seeing it in the theater, and I remember really liking it because it really caught you off guard, especially with you thought Drew Barrymore was going to star in it, you know, and then they just kill her off right away, which is what they also did. They used the trailer. She was in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, she was in the trailer. She did promotion. She was on the main poster. She right. was the ma- on the main poster too. I got and some she trivia was, on that, by the way. And she was huge at the time. 
she was huge. So right. to use her, but they've, you know, they also did that in Psycho. So you, yeah. they knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They totally knew what they were doing. But this, it's just a classic for the generation. It's, it's a, it's okay. It's a satire movie about like Halloween and Psycho. Like seriously. Well, just about slashers in general. Yeah. Yeah. But those two, mostly they reference the most. I wouldn't say that. I would say okay. Elm Street and Halloween for sure. Okay. Well, just, anyway, I'm just saying, sorry. I, okay. I think. Yes, you can do the review now. Thanks. You gotta <laughs> let me talk. The story's really smart. I like the plot line. I like how her mother was killed, but it, it was like, but they slowly like told that part of it into it. So, you know what I mean? So this already, this big trauma had already happened. Right. Which I like that. That you didn't know about the trauma right yeah. away. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I like the tension between Sydney and Gail. Mm-hmm. I found that really That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and then when like the whole story starts moving, it really starts moving. And like, you're, of course, you're going to miss stuff because they put they put so much time and effort in the story and just every little thing and detail. Like you, you can't catch everything. Sure. The first time around, which I think is is great, you know, and I like how not everybody dies, which, <laughs> you know, that's great. What I didn't like, I didn't like the music choices in this. I still don't. Yeah, I don't think either of the movies had good music choices. It, There's yeah, a couple exactly. of songs that work. It's, there was so much good music coming out then. I mean, they really could have pulled from it, but they didn't. They chose like really shitty ass. What was that song I kept bringing up that was in Natural Born Killers? It's like, doom, ding, ding. they used it in part one and part two of this. Yeah, it was, uh, God, what was it? What was it? I can't think of it. I just, I don't know. Put it down. Because they used that that song they, in Psycho too. Oh, did they really? Okay. Uh-huh. It was a really popular song. It's a very folky sort of like. Um, oh, and I think they, they used Nick that. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds kind of sound. I wrote it down. I just, I wrote it down in my notes, but I, I just can't seem to find it. But they used it in Halloween too. Okay. So they used it in Psycho and they used it in Halloween. That song. The Grim Reaper song. That's not what I'm talking about. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking about the song mind. that was in Natural Born Killers that I can't think of and I can't figure out. It would take me for a while to figure it out. But anyway. And the, some of the scenes, I love some of the scenes that were shot in particular. I mean, this is an old movie, but the scene where Tatum's in the garage and she's in there alone. Okay, well, you don't and, describe it. Yeah, but I really like that scene. That was a really good scene. Okay. And how they shot it and stuff. But yeah, I, re- I still like this movie. I haven't watched this movie and like a long ass time because somebody that doesn't like this movie would never watch this movie but watching it now i'm real i really like this movie this is such a good movie nine out of ten it's a really good movie really okay i mean i definitely enjoy this movie i think i liked it when i first saw it of course and you know watching it again you can see some of the like care that they take in the movie to say some clever stuff like it's well written in a a way and it's very fun it's got a very good spirit about it and i think it really kind of just like celebrates horror in a lot of ways that i think a lot of movies you know you know, you can't really get away with doing in a lot of horror movies, and this movie sort of somehow kind of wedges itself in there and makes itself popular with big fans of horror as well as non-fans of horror. And I think it's an easy, a more easier, more accessible movie for those who aren't into horror, obviously, 
um, than it is for older fans, but it also is nods and nod heavy and nostalgia heavy for all the fans of, of horror movies as well. So I think this has a good combination of that. I think that's why this movie blew up is because it was reaching to an audience that might not have liked horror as much in the, in the, in the past, you know what I mean? And they took elements from like probably more scary films and then made it into a sort of that satirical sort of, I wouldn't call it a comedy necessarily, but it has its moments of comedy in there. Right. It has its beats, so to speak, in there. It's an entertainment film. Um, I personally do not find this movie scary in the least. It, it sometimes is so satirical that it is becomes spoof heavy in a way because of the throwbacks and the callbacks to other movies in some regards. You know what annoyed me when we were watching this is you kept bringing up scary movie references right. to this movie. It was driving me nuts. Right. Well, <laughs> it, I, it, those weren't out at the time, but they weren't too far along after it. But, you know, there was Twilight uh, movie spoofs directly after the other one, you know, after those movies. But right. Scary Movie right. was one of the last big spoofs other than like Haunted House or whatever the fuck it was, which Damon Wayans' brother, I uh, can't think of his name, did Our Haunted House. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. We had Annabelle doll and shit. It was dumb. Yeah, they were kind of dumb. A lot of them got really dumb. The scary Movies, I think, had two different people handling it. The first three were like someone else, and then the last two or three were somebody completely different. But yeah, I mean... It, it's very, I think that those movies originated, the scary movies, because of how satirical that it almost spoofs itself in this movie. Now, this one's light-handed on it. This is much more of an entertaining, much more, I think, a well-rounded film individual than the sequel. It's very different. It has better characters, I think. Say what you will about Matthew Lillard in this. He didn't like himself in this role very much, but I think he really, really? I think he really brings a lot to the table. And him and Skeet Ulrich are really good together in this. Right. Very vastly different characters, but you know, Matthew Lillard really brings some of the comedy to the film and some of the levity. It reminds to it. Me, it reminds me of teenagers back then. Like that's right. how teen he was like all hyped up on fucking meth or something, you know. Right. See, where I think I, I start to lose my interest in the franchise is after this film. So it, this is a solid film to me, and I think it's actually pretty fun and entertaining. I just don't know that I would be super excited to see a sequel. Of course, I did go see it because I did like the first Scream, you know, obviously when it came out. But there is some vast differences between them that I'll get into when we talk about part two. Mm -hmm. But I'd say that, you know, this is still a solid film. I would give it an eight, mm -hmm. you know, maybe a 7.5 on my scale. But I think it deserves an eight. So I'm giving it that. Okay. Is there anything wrong with that score? You looking at me kind of judgmental? I thought there? you would have enjoyed it more. I uh, did, but I just, it's, it's not... It's 90s horror, Alex. Right. It's not I, 80s. Right. And it became 90s horror because of this movie. Yeah, I know. And we'll get into that because... Because that writer, like, wrote them all. Well, the thing is... Yeah, I know. The, the <laughs> thing is, is that the film's success is credited for revitalizing a, bottom, a bunch of slashers, Chucky. obviously. But it's also known for... I know what you did last summer, which... That movie got greenlit because of this movie, which spawned several imitators like Disturbing Behavior, Urban Legend, the Cherry faculty. Falls, The Faculty. I mean, The Faculty I like, but that 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 
you know, change the scenario, put some of these kids in this situation, have them sleuthing around, you know. Sleuthing around. Which has always sort of stayed with me in a bad way. In fact, I felt like it kind of ruined the 90s in a lot of ways and, and sent the horror in a wrong direction because it was too mainstream in a lot of ways. And that's not me gatekeeping or anything like that. It's just at the time I was really into, I wanted darker horror. It wasn't time for it. You, I understand that, but it's still see. But that see when we got darker horror though, nine eleven happened. Right, but I still feel like this was too bubblegum. It bubblegummed up an entire decade, and I was a little we upset it. about it. We needed well, it. Well, perhaps, but again, that doesn't change how I feel, and you're not going to change. Well, you're wrong. Feel. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it was, it just, you know, if it wasn't that scream formula, a lot of these movies didn't get the support and from the mainstream media and a lot of the arguments that were had back then were, God damn it, another one of these fucking films, you know, they're not going to fucking give this awesome fucking H.P. Lovecraft story a shot because, right. because it's not scream oriented. Yeah. Well, fuck you. You know, that's how I felt. Okay. And a lot of people felt that way. And I'm not trying to shit on the movie because <laughs> I just gave it an A out of 10 <laughs> i just did not know what was coming after this i did not know that it was going to bring down the house and you lived and then a lot of good oh movies my god came would you stop it. already <laughs> you wanted to stop i'm not even that upset i'm just explaining my thoughts on the film and other people who might feel that way you don't have to feel this way i like that other people love this franchise i think it's cool that they have something that they enjoy I wouldn't want anybody to shit on everything that I like. There's nothing wrong with people liking it. I'm expressing what I think about the film because it, it really did bother me at the time. I'm much more open to films now than I used to be, you know, so that must be said too. I've learned to ease off the hate breaks over the years <laughs> as I've seen so many bad films that I and I've learned so much about how these movies are made and, you know, what shifts and sort of what is interesting. But I think now with the the advent of the internet we have kind of gotten into some new territory where you know fads come and go really quick whereas this lasted an entire decade almost you know what i mean right so you know maybe i'm maybe that's also a part of it is that the fad isn't so you know fatty like we're kind of going through a fad right now we got megan we had malignant and we got cocaine bear where the mainstream is trying to kind of mimic the the underground sort of uh so bad it's good genre a little bit, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool in a way. Like, who, who doesn't want to see a big budget so bad it's good film? Right. I don't know. But, you know, even still, I can see rewatching these movies, especially this one in particular. But that air of spoofiness about them, which I think is sort of bubblegums them up, some worse than others. It felt like a shadow of itself in some ways and almost a nostalgia grab when you start watching the other movies. And I think some of the sort of, you know, hey, it's a sequel, so let's treat it like a sequel here. And this is like a third sequel. And this is how you should treat it. Kind of gets lost over the years because it's the, the space between these movies got further and further. And a lot changed about the, the laws and the, you know, the, you know what a slasher is because we didn't have many slashers. Right. So a lot of the stuff changed over the years. But clearly by the 90s, slashy, slashers were very rare, uh, you know, in popularity. You know, we did get some more crazier versions of our slasher movies in the 90s. Some hate, you know, like Jason Goes to Hell, you know, Freddy's Nightmares, or not Freddy's Nightmares. Oh, New Nightmare? The No, not New Nightmare. That was a little bit more on the straight-laced. Um, but um, Freddy goes is Freddy 
Freddy's Dead. Mm-hmm. You know, that one was kind of wild. A lot of people don't like it. They think it's terrible. But I don't know. I still think it deserves an eight. And uh, I'll stick with that. But you gave it a nine. So an 8.5 out of the two of us. It ain't that bad. All right. Don't give me no shit. <laughs> but uh, we do have some information on this uh, on this movie. And I'm going to try to go through it as much as I can. I'm not going to be able to cover everything about this movie, guys. There's too much. There is way too much. There's way too much. So if I forget something. It's go not, to YouTube. <laughs> if, if, if I don't say it, it's not because I didn't know it necessarily. It's that. I just didn't have room for it, okay? But I do have quite a bit of stuff here that I've personally found interesting and that I thought we should document in here. So if you don't want anything spoiled and you want to watch this movie, go check out Scream again and watch it again so that we can kind of go over some of the movie, some of the trivia, some of the sort of Easter eggs in the movie and such uh, without spoiling it. So, and if you have never seen it, of course you should watch it. Like It's a classic. It's a, it's well, it's a 90s classic, yeah. It'll oh be forgotten God. in 10 years. Just well, they're still making movies of yeah, it. I don't so. know why. I don't know why. <laughs> well, we're going to find out. I'm totally kidding. Anyway, if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So, obviously, this movie was original. The original title was Scary Movie, mm-hmm. which I personally think is a little bit better. Maybe not as catchy as, as Scream. I don't. But I think it would have. I think tonally it fit the movie and its description better personally. I always did. I'm glad that a spoof movie decided to come along and take it and use it because it's like the perfect thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I think it was better. But that way. even Wes Craven didn't like the fucking name Scream. Right. So, which there's a lot of reasons why they called it Scream as well. So, there's, right. you know, there's a lot of misunderstanding about the mask and everything like that. Like, there's people that say that the mask is the from the, you know, the art piece called Scream where the guy's screaming on the deck right uh by the ocean or whatever and some people say yes that the scream mask was made after it the lady who did the fun uh fun factory mask for it um they really originally made it from that supposedly but they tried to make their own masks none of them fit everybody was just like not feeling it they couldn't come up with a design so they eventually just had to pay money to the people who from the fun factory to use that mask good idea i thought yeah and i think uh, because it's relatable you know what that was before the movie came out because right. you've seen it before but you know scary movie came along and used the same mask well they made a lot of funnier ones right, too you know right. to kind of spoof off of it um but they you know also had to settle out of court for the name scream by the way because sony had a movie called screamers which uh peter weller is in and uh i right. really love that movie as well it was called screamers and so Sony was like, hey, this is too close to our oh, name. That's stupid. There was also a Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson fucking album called Scream. Right. Uh, that they were worried about, but they didn't get any flack from that. But they did from Sony. Stupid. So, but they settled on a core for it, you know, so they had to pay a little extra money for this movie to get made. That's probably where you're getting some of the millions to make this movie. So obviously, you know, it's not a, it doesn't feel like a huge big budget film. It's just well acted. Very well acted. Everyone. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they were trying to use a lot of no-name faces, too. Like... Mm-hmm. Helped them. Oh, yeah. It made everybody's career in that movie. I mean, mm-hmm. clearly. I mentioned the ghost face, uh, obviously, is based off the Scream thing and everything. And the Weinsteins almost fired Wes because they thought the mask was stupid. <laughs> and they were like, he's not very competent about making this film. We might have to 
get rid of him and replace him. And so they showed him the first, you know, eight minutes of the film with Drew Barrymore. Uh huh. And bam, instantly the Weinsteins were like, okay. Right. We see how it could be scary. It doesn't even, they don't know anything anyway. They're in jail. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's funny um, that, that they almost didn't use it. And, you know, in some ways, unfortunately, and I hate to agree with a bunch of fucking weirdos like them, but I, you know, I don't really find it that scary either. So I don't think they're far off. It's not uh, like right. they... I think it's kind of goofy, like, when Ghostface, like, like runs and, and then he, like, shimmers. Yeah. <laughs> I I like it. I think but that's the fun shimmers of Shimmers, like Twilight? That's why it's scary, though. You have this, this funny guy coming at you and he's going to kill you. Yeah, that's so funny. You know? It is funny. It's well, hilarious. No, I, that's what I'm saying. It kind of throws you off guard, so you're like, what the fuck's going on? I mean, yeah. I just wasn't personally scared by it. Like, this is a movie that I feel like you could show your kids if it weren't for the sexual stuff in it, you know, right. parents would probably be like, yeah, just watch Scream. It's no big deal. Right. Wes Craven wasn't even, in the, he was the first that they wanted, but he was working on a remake of The Haunting, by the way. Yeah, he didn't even want to do this movie, right? Yeah, well, he couldn't. He didn't have the time. So, like, they they pitched it to him, you know, and he was like, I can't, I'm doing this haunting thing. Apparently, the money and the funding and everything fell apart for that movie. It ended up getting remade later with one of your favorite actresses who's in The Conjuring or whatever. Oh. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't a very good movie, but you uh-huh. like that actress. Oh, yeah, yeah, She plays the mom in The Conjuring, the yeah, first Conjuring. The first one. Yeah, I forget her name. Anyway, they were asking a myriad of different people. Sam Raimi was one of them and many others, so... But he ended up working and changing his mind on the project afterwards uh, because Drew Barrymore was in it. So he was like, well, this is interesting. Right. I may be down for this. And also a lot of the other directors really didn't understand the concept. They didn't really grasp it. They were they were thinking it's too spoofy, too funny. Yeah. Just like I do in a way. And they didn't really grasp that they wanted to treat it like a horror, like a real horror film instead Mm -hmm. of this jokey, funny thing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Drew was supposed to play the lead, Sydney, as well. Mm -hmm. But she wanted to play Samantha Becker, who was the first girl who in the first scene, which you had already mentioned, was a trick to try to make people think that she wasn't going to die. And yeah, and it was a a myriad of different people, but it was her idea that she wanted to play the Becker part Uh because of the movie Psycho. Yep. And she thought, yeah, this would be a great idea. Nobody would expect me to die within the first five minutes or eight minutes of the film. Mm -hmm. And it is one of that. I will say that is a fantastic opening of a movie. Yeah. Perfect. Like it is like you cannot do any better than that. Like it is just exactly what I wanted. And you know what's funny is that 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 whole scene in the beginning was the MPAA was trying to cut it down. It wasn't that bad. So when they sent them the dailies or whatever to do the, Uh they were like, oh, we don't, we only shot it once. Oh, nice. So we can't, we can't cut anything because. Right. And so they ended up cutting other stuff in the film. Mm -hmm. I think they did trim back the gutting portion a little bit of the, of the boyfriend. Right. But just Which that whole scene is great. It is. It's really good. It's great She's great scene. in it. The whole fucking. The mo- the parents walking up. The conversation. The dialogue is so well written. The tricks he asks her to do the let's play a game. Right. You know, like, which, you know, I'm sure Saul got. <laughs> <laughs> they sue him. They sue him. Yeah. Let's play a game. <laughs> but I thought that was really interesting. 
There were other others who might have played her, which I mentioned. There was Brittany Murphy, Tori Spelling, Melissa Joan Hart, Reese Witherspoon almost did oh, at one yeah. point. David Arquette almost played Billy as well, but he wanted to play Dewey. He's, yeah, he looked too old anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, he was kind of a hunky guy at the time. A lot of, a lot of women liked him. and Right. And uh, I guess Wes Craven saw him acting kind of goofy as the cop, and he liked that. And he was like, oh, this kind of brings some new uh, levity to that character. Maybe that is this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they got Skeet Ulrich to come in, who at the time he looked kind of like Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. which Wes Craven did, you know. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Nightmare Street. Nightmare on Elm Street, which has Johnny Depp in it. And Johnny Depp, of course, you know, gets killed or whatever. So I think he wanted to kind of have that sort of character in there, which if you all also noticed Tatum, the blonde haired girl that uh, Rose Rose McGowan McGowan. plays, Mm -hmm. she's wearing a jersey in that in the movie. Part of the movie. She's wearing the number 10 jersey. And that was Johnny what Johnny Depp wore before he gets sucked into the bed Mm -hmm. and uh, spilled all over the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Both both were short, like cutoff jerseys. Were you know like midriff? Mid is that what it is? Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Mid-drift. It's not exactly the same. They don't. They're the colors are different. Hers is like silver, but mm-hmm. it's never been proven that that's exactly why it's in there. But you know, right. Wes Craven was known to oh, do. Oh no, these it was things. it was in there. I mean, his name was Billy Loomis. Right, of course, Halloween. Well, that's well, that's psycho. the writer's thing, not 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 Wes Craven's. Oh yeah, because yeah, that was all. Yeah, um, Kevin Williamson actually was listening to the Halloween soundtrack the entire time he was writing Scream. Uh huh. So obviously he wanted to have some some nods in there for that. Brecken Mayer almost got the part of Randy, but they said that Jamie Kennedy had more of a comedic take, and even Seth Green auditioned, which might have been an actual good replacement as well right seems like his sort of character but jamie jamie kennedy just nailed it yeah he was good um kevin williamson loved obviously halloween that was one of the first inspirations from it actually the real first inspiration that a lot of people don't know is that there was a murder uh a burglary murder that happened it was called the uh gainesville ripper in 1990 where uh, a couple of people had died in a burglary spree so he thought that was kind of like a that was sort of the inspiration, and then he used Halloween to kind of like oh. kind of solidify him writing everything that he was doing. Mm-hmm. Personally, I also feel like it has like a kind of like a Jalo style to it a little bit. Oh, because the crime, because of the crime and the, the sleuthing, and like and- yeah, there's a lot of like you know who's who, who is it, you know who done right, it, right. who done it kind of thing. There are a few, we mentioned a few Halloween references. One of them is a line where they have a line about going to the McKenzie's down the street, mm-hmm. which is what Jamie Lee Curtis tells the kids to, to do, do Yeah, when Michael Myers is attacking mm-hmm. to go to the McKenzie's. And they say that same thing. The dad tells the mom to go to the McKenzie's. Right. So obviously a nod towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys see the Craven, Wes Craven cameo in the film, which is the total... It's hard to miss. <laughs> yeah, it's the spoofiest, weirdest, kind of, uh, I don't know, totally out of place cameo ever, is when um, Fonzie is like the, the principal or whatever, and he goes out to look because he keeps hearing a knock, mm-hmm. and he goes out and he sees <laughs> the janitor, Fred, wearing a... Freddy, Freddy Krueger sweater. sweater. Oh, I'm wearing one today. And a hat, and it was fucking Wes Craven, or no... 
Yeah, it was West. Yeah, it was West Craven. It almost looks like John Carpenter today, though. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> John Carpenter's got the you know the scruffy beard, scruffy and beard and stuff. But like uh, West Craven was dressed up as him with a big fake mustache and long fake hair, mopping the floor, and he's like, ah, <laughs> damn kids or something. Did you catch it when uh, uh I think it was uh Nave Campbell was talking to Dewey in the principal's office and. Uh, he told sh- they were talking about his boss and your boss. She said your boss is the janitor, which is oh, Wes, who is yeah. Wes Craven. Which is totally yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, good good call. It was like a little tiny thing. Didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I only I was like, why the fuck did she say that? What the f- oh Wes Craven? Obviously, this is the movie that uh, David Arquette and Courtney Cox met up with and they uh, got hooked married. up. Well, they got they dated for a long time. Right. I think they weren't even married until like the third movie. Right. You know? No, because she even had him co-star on Friends for an episode in 90s. Yeah, it was like right well, after this, the movie. They were married for like three or four years in 98 or something like that. Right. So it, it took a while before they were married. They dated for multiple years. Mm-hmm. But the first movie is the first time they started seeing each other. According to David Arquette in an interview with People Magazine, Wes Craven encouraged him to pursue Courtney <laughs> because he's like Wes had a real impact he was he was like David you know she likes you and you should really get your stuff together <laughs> he gave me a real man-to-man talk and that had an impact of course on my life mm-hmm. so he ended up you know because he was like really nerdy shy guy with her I guess right he didn't think this, yeah. big, this big tv star right yeah so you know, there's some other stuff in it. You know, the movie opens up, you know, they, they, you know, what's her name is saying she does that famous line that they almost didn't keep in the movie, by the way, where she says, he's like, well, what do you think my favorite movie is? And she's like, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. And he was like, ooh, good one. He's like, did you like that franchise? And she was like, yeah, only the first one. The rest sucked. <laughs> and and Wes didn't want to put that in the movie. Right, it was in the script. Yeah, because he didn't all want everybody to think he was an egomaniac. And apparently, Williamson was like, no, 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 no. He's like, you got to keep it in. He said, that that's something real a real-life fan would say about the movies. Right. So they kept it in. Right. I also liked when she's on the phone and she still has the phone on her after she's been stabbed. Mm-hmm. And he's stabbing her to death while the phone's laying next to her and the mom picks up the phone. And can hear her. So oh. cool. Very oh. cool, dude. Horrifying. That is like amazing. Like that is the greatest. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. why I say that opening scene is flawless. You're never, I don't care what anybody says. That is an amazing first start to a very a good movie franchise. If it, a movie right. at all, you know right. what I mean? So there was also the scene where um, Skeet Ulrich comes into the doorway in the window at night. Oh yeah, which there's a Stupid. lot going on in the, in the in the nods with that. By the way, guys, Skeet, mm-hmm. aka Billy, sneaks into Sydney's window just like Johnny Depp's character did in Elm Street in the movie as well. Mm-hmm. So that's a, another nod right there. Also, if you notice, there's a song playing, the one that you were mentioning, which is Don't Fear the Reaper. Don't Fear the Reaper. As a clue to who the killer is. It's also a cover by Gus Black, who we found out you said was used in many different movies. But some say it's a it's a reference to the original Halloween when Laurie and her friend are in the car talking and they right. use Don't Fear the Reaper in the car in that scene right there right 
So it's interesting how there's like so many tie-ins here. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Did you want to mention like maybe a scene that you enjoyed or whatever? I have a ton of little. After you that, know. I like the one when um she was in the bathroom at school and uh the 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 girls the, the girls are like talking shit about her <laughs> like she's like faking it for attention and then the girls were saying like teen suicide is out this year oh, so, yeah. but homicide is all the rage. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that some really funny. good writing. Yeah, it totally. That is. was like really, really smart. Dialogue. And around then is when like the media was like out of control with like court cases and sure paparazzi and all that shit. Do so. you know what else happened in that scene? That that those two girls come out of the bathroom, or one of them comes out of the stall. Mm-hmm. She doesn't wash her hands. No, and she didn't. She put on makeup. She touched her face. She puts on lipstick and then sucks her finger to get the lipstick <laughs> around the 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 rim the rim off. <laughs> a lot of people are really grossed out by that that right. that part. I never noticed it. Yeah, but I went back and watched it. And I was like, oh my god, yeah, that's really gross. gross. That's gross. I wonder. If they, I don't know if they did anything like that in the spoof of of scary movie. Probably not. Yeah, it's like a subtle thing. You but know? I would like to see if they did. Only they, germaphobes, like, you know, of course. point that shit out. You of know? course. Well, those and anybody who watched the movie too many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you like the bathroom scene when those that two girls... One, I, like the, I also like the scene when they're in the video store, and then they were going through all the, you know, the reasons, you know. One of the things I noticed that it kind of, like, breaks it for me a little bit, I, I forgot to mention, is that when Skeet Ulrich... There was a scene where Skeet comes to... Oh, she gets attacked. Remember she goes to sleep? Yeah. She wakes up. There was like a noise at the closet, which, by the way, that's the same oh, closet the- that the guy pops out of five hours later. Right. Um. But yeah, she gets chased. She says, you know, oh my God, like... She gets a call from the killer and the killer's like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, you're she's like, oh, you're going to tell me scary movie stuff. I always hate scary movies because, you know, they always like make a mockery of women. Like, who's that stupid? Like, girls should be running out the front door instead of running up the stairs like an idiot. Right. She runs. And immediately when that guy pops out, the chains on the door, she can't go out the front door. Right. So she's running up the stairs. And I love that. Yeah, I loved it. Too. That's a great. That's, see that. Is a that's more well thought out, I think. Yeah. Than we get in the second one, in my opinion. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, and then she locks, you know, him out, and then Billy comes through the window and drops a cell phone. Right. And this is the thing that really blows my mind is that after Billy shows up, everything dies down. The killer disappears, of course, to kind of make you think, oh, there's only one. Mm-hmm. You know, within a minute, Dewey is at the front door with a mask after she oh. calls the. The 911 through the internet. Computer. And it's like, what the fuck? They're there that quick. Fucking all the police cars are there. And the fucking Gail and her fucking camera crew are there. I'm like, Jesus Christ. That's like faster than an Uber. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, the power of the internet. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, too, because they just started taking... 911 texts like recently <laughs> it's just you know? weird right like you wouldn't expect everybody just to be there right yeah exactly and then he's holding the mask or whatever i don't know i just thought it was funny that was a funny scene oh also did you know that scene that we laughed at where the reporter pops up at school and she's like the public the public deserves to know right do you know who that was no that is linda blair 
Oh, is it? From The Exorcist. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, she plays a reporter in that. And oh. I, I never knew that. I never knew that either. Yeah, I, I, I remember that part because we always laugh because it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, this bitch, fuck this that. Karen. Yeah, back when journalism actually was journalism, <laughs> not just some bullshit talking point that like people, you know, they actually went out and did journalism. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't just message people on Facebook. We were also commenting on how uh, the principal, what's his name? Henry Winkler. Yeah, how he was a, you know, dapper young fella at that time, you know? He was still kind of yeah. like, you know, handsome he fella. He still is. Yeah, That's but crazy. I mean, he's gotten older. I'm he's just saying. He's aged really well. He's aging well. I guess. I, all I can think of him is. He's vegan. Water. Gatorade. <laughs> what's that from? The water boy. Oh. That's what I see Henry Winkler as now <laughs> in my brain. Uh, but I, yeah. I see him as talking shit about Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, huh? Anyway, the principal dies. We find that we find that out, which has multiple different nods, by the way. Obviously, Fred, you know, because he goes right. out and sees Fred and Wes Craven's out there, you know, dressed as Fred the janitor or Freddy Krueger. Uh, but also, the two kids he's reprimanding in the office is a clue to the two killers. Uh huh. This is the first time we see two masks because they're wearing the same shirts, right? And it's like, oh, well, I don't know about the shirts, but I just know they're wearing the same outfits. Yeah, it's the same outfits. And so he's like, it's like he cuts up the masks and you're just like, hmm. And they're trying to make you think that he's the killer, of course. Right, because everybody's the killer. Yeah, because they're making those noises when he's holding up the scissors to the guys. And um, also when when those kids leave, he's like checking himself out in the mirror Mm -hmm. like Fonz did in the show. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, when he opens up the, the, the closet, there's a leather jacket in there. Right. So I like think it fonts. was he checks his hair after he opens the closet door because there's a mirror in there because he scares himself. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you know, they shut down the school. They throw a party, which is so weird to me. And they try to do this in so many different movies where, like, they have a party the night, like, something happens. Right. Do you notice that? That was, like, in a lot of movies. Because they can't, yeah, they can't handle a curfew. Right. Like, what the fuck? Like, oh, there's a killer on the loose. Let's throw a party. You know what I mean? Like. I would have been like, this is bullshit. This is the fake media. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I'm not doing no fucking curfew. The party scene is obviously where a lot of the stuff happens. A lot of the stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we get the, 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 the motives of the killers who are blatantly kind of doing it in, intentionally. Well, at least Stu's character or the character Stu by Matthew Lillard mm-hmm. is kind of like, you know, I'll be right back. Right. You know, like right, right. everybody fucking said that shit around that time yeah. because it was so it iconic. Was it's like an iconic. Iconic. Uh, yeah. Like clip. Yeah. I'll be right back. Yeah. Because a lot of movies they did. They'd be right back and then they would die and they never would be right, right. back. So Like Tatum, when she goes to the garage. Right. To get more beer. Oh, God, dude. And she gets chased. You know, you have the famous meme scene, you know, where you, you see her nipples through her shirt. Dude, what the and fuck? Then, the, like, what? And it's just that one scene. Like, all the other scenes in that shirt. But she's it's so fine. fucking obvious. Like, you know what I mean? Like, your high beams are on, girl. Your high beams are on, maybe. Well, they did it on purpose. They've had, they had to. Do you think so? Yes, because every single other scene with her in that shirt, she's fine. Okay. I was just like, it's really cold So it out. had to have been on purpose. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I liked it when... It's like he Ghostface didn't even kill her like the way he wanted to because she tries to escape through the doggy door 
and the garage door opens and she gets her head crushed. Well, the thing I think is really funny is that it reminds me of of Scary Movie because they do that scene and they really fucking it's like it's like a dude with wet nipples, isn't it? Like instead of a girl. I don't know. I haven't seen it. (laughs) So anyway, I got to tell you a little bit about this party scene, by the way. So the the party scene was, uh, you know, near the end of the film. It runs for 42 minutes long. It was shot over the course of 21 days. Holy crap. Yeah. From the time the sun set to the time it rose. After it wrapped, the crew had T-shirts made that read, I survived scene 118, <laughs> which was the name of the scene during the shooting. And the cast were you know, all joking, calling it the longest night in, in, in horror history. <laughs> Which it seems like. Yeah, that's a long time to be doing 21 days. There's a lot of coordination that goes into making that scene. There was a lot of shit. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff happening in that. A lot of people, yeah. uh, There was um, that other favorite line when Stu and Skeet kind of like, he takes her up to have sex. They have sex. And then she's still doubting him. And he's like, what is it going to take for you to give be- me a blowjob no to, no to believe me that i'm not the killer because right. like after they have sex and then the the killer pops up behind him, which is Stu, obviously right and stabs him and she doesn't realize Basically. he's yeah he, she doesn't realize he's still alive mm-hmm. and then he comes down in the kitchen and they divulge their plan about how no one would ever suspect that it's them and how they killed her mom because because the mom slept with his dad yeah which is such a dumb excuse but i guess you know well when you're that age your brain hasn't fully developed yeah that's why there's so many teenage killers like trying to make this like connection to you know because i guess at that time you know there was talk is cheap and so people would say stuff like oh what kind of impact do these movies have on people what kind of impact does you know, a home wrecker have on a right. child's life. Right. You know, all this like, you know, moralistic bullshit that was going on at the time. And so, you know, that's why this movie is so popular in a way, because they were a lot of the films were being used like in the sequel. They kind of talk about one thing. I won't say what it is, but, you know, that the movies are the reason why people kill people. And they've been doing it for video games ever since. Right. It seems like they've kind of moved from movies. It was books movies and then video games and once they hit video games they just keep going back to video games they don't care about movies anymore it's just video games right although we did get the movie the hunt which was shut down by trump himself uh because they thought it was making fun of deplorables which the movie turns out that the deplorables actually are the good guys in the movie (laughs) (laughs) so it was so stupid you know it was like making fun of both sides kind of thing but Mm -hmm. Just crazy thinking about that back then, how like music and oh yeah, books, music, movies, and video games were all gonna rot your brain. First it right. was you know, then it was TV, I'm sure, somewhere in there. Yeah, you know. definitely TV. It's always some new technology or something that people are scared of, you know. Cell phones are gonna rot your brain, you know, porn is gonna kill you, you know, everybody's out to get you. So these movies kinda like harp on that and they when they express that about him ruining his life i thought it was kind of silly but there is some really great lines in there like i'm feeling woozy here man (laughs) (laughs) i've used that line for a long time yeah that was good 
You feel a little woozier, man. And then he falls over. Well, Matthew Lillard was fucking cool as shit back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. I liked Matthew Lillard. A lot of people said I look like Matthew Lillard when I was skinny. Uh huh. They, they, because I've got big eyes. Oh. And I've mm -hmm. got like a like I do. If you look at my old pictures, Mm -hmm. and you look at his, like when he was younger, Mm -hmm. it it really is kind of similar. But now I'm kind of bigger. You know, it's I'm older. Yeah. But he could be my brother. Yeah, totally. Think about it. Look at him. Maybe you're related. Yeah. He's filled up my mom somehow. Ah, girl. (laughs) Anyway, I'm kidding. Um. But yeah, like I think he deserves a lot more credit for the for the first film. I think he really was a big part of it, honestly. Um, you know, especially for the comedic humor and stuff like that. There was some like random stuff where Skeet throws the phone and hits him in the back of the head. Oh, and then when Stu was like, "Are you gonna?" She started crying because he's like, "Are you gonna tell my mom and dad?" Yeah, he's so like, mad. He was so mad at me, man. <laughs> So you just killed all these people and you're worried about your mom and dad it, being mad But that's at you. how kids are, right? Yeah, like, exa- you know, exactly. They don't exactly. think about the, the repercussions of like their actions and right, stuff. Right. So it's like perfect. It's like so perfect. Oh, and that's yeah. when Sydney dresses up as Ghostface, hides her dad in the closet. And then stabs uh Billy with the umbrella. Mm-hmm. And then Stu fights her, but he gets a TV to the face. Mm-hmm. Death by television. Yep. Which is also in no. I wonder if that was a nod towards uh, Lost Boys or something. Because yeah, well, I don't remember. Almost similar because he goes Death by Stereo. Oh, remember? And there's an actual band called Death by Stereo. Mm-hmm. But then Randy pops up and is like, "I never thought I'd be so happy to be a virgin." <laughs> <laughs> and, then Bi- great. and then Billy pops up. He's she's like, "Is he dead?" And he's like, oh, they're never dead when they say they are. And then Billy pops up and then uh, to stab Sydney and Gail bam, shoots bam. him. Yeah, and kills Not him. Not in my movie. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Billy gets up and then tries to stab her before mm-hmm. and she shoots him and then he gets up again because she- Randy is like, this is where the killer pops up. And then Sydney shoots him in the head, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they do similar things in both these movies. Right. Right. Which I think takes away from the other one, personally. She's like, not in my movie. Not in my movie. But it's like, what? It just happened. Like, he just popped up again. You, you shot him. It happened. So what happened in your movie, dumb bitch? Yeah, but he's not going to get her in this movie, is what she's saying. So I'll be honest. I've never been a real big Nev Campbell fan. Like, but Well, yeah, I know. She's kind she's- of... There's something about her that it works good in in this type in of this, situation. Yeah, it does. It works in this position. Yeah, yeah. Where she was kind of awkward in the craft. She yeah, but she was know? intentionally so because right the character her character was like burned but or even, something. But I didn't like her in Party of Five. I wasn't a fan either. Like yeah, so so it's weird that she was she was likable in this though. Yeah, I, I really did like her. She in this. worked well in this. Right. Um. Yeah. That's pretty much it for the first one, and I know this is going to go long, but. You know, we got a lot yeah, of trivia, that. a lot of stuff to talk about. And we're going to talk about Scream 2. Which won't that- take us as long. No. So. It's from 1997. And uh, t- two years after the first series of murders, as Sydney acclimates to college life, someone donning the ghost face costume begins a string of killings. A uh, tagline is... Similar killings. Oh. You know. Yeah. Uh, tagline, someone has taken their love of sequels one step too far. Yeah, it's like... We I was could, trying not to laugh. We couldn't fix the first one, so we just kind of make it worse. <laughs> Again, it was directed by Wes Craven and written by Kevin 
Williamson. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go over the people who starred in this movie that weren't in the first movie. Right. So we start off with uh, Jada Pickett-Smith, who plays Maureen. You know, she's from the Matrix sequels, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth! That was a year ago. Can you believe that? <laughs> that's all I kept thinking of the whole time I was watching it. <laughs> and, and now infamously, that's, yeah. It. But anyway, uh, we also have Omar Epps, who plays Phil. He was in Trick from 2019, and Dra- he was also in Dracula 2000. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Heather Graham plays uh, Casey in the Stab movie. Mm-hmm. She was in Horns, uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, uh, Boogie Nights, Austin Powers. Then we have Luke Wilson, who plays, <laughs> who plays Billy Stab's in version Stab's of Billy. Version, yeah. And, you know, Luke Wilson. We also have Sarah Michelle Geller who plays Cece, the friend, the sorority sister. Uh, she, you know, Buffy Vampire Slayer. Right, you know? yeah. Uh, we also have Timothy Oliphant. Oliphant, who plays Mickey. You know, he was in The Crazies. We love that movie. Justified TV show. He's in that show with yeah. Drew Barrymore as well. Yeah, the, the Santa, zombie one. Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah, yeah. He was he was okay in that. Anyway, uh, we also have Laurie Metcalf, who plays Debbie. Uh, she, you know, Jackie from Roseanne. Right. Uh, we also have Jerry O'Connor, who plays Derek. From... Uh, Sliders. Yeah, sliders. And Tori Spelling is in there too. Just so you know. She plays she plays Sydney. She plays Sydney and Stab. Stab, yeah. Which is a joke from the first movie. Right. That yeah, Nip Campbell said. Uh so who returns? Who returns is we got Randy returns. Of course, Nave Campbell, um, uh, Deputy Dewey, and then, uh, you know, Gail Weathers. Gail Weathers. Yeah. Those Gail, are, Gail Swallows. Those are pretty much who didn't get killed. <laughs> I can't out-reference the scary movies. All right. Budget is $24 million on this one. I don't know why. It's way more. Uh, and then the box office, it made $172 million. They wanted more money for their roles, I'm sure. Oh, well, yeah, I guess that that's how sense. that works. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, we made you a good movie, so uh, time to pay up, motherfuckers. What do you think of the sequel? Um, This is a movie that I've never been really fond of. I think it kind of took a step back from the original and it kind of yes you could say oh it's super genius because they're relying on all the tropes of a sequelitis thing that they do by doing similar callbacks and throwbacks to the first movie which they nail (laughs) but it also because it does that and because there is that sort of trope it kind of feels borrowed in a lot of ways and it doesn't feel like its own movie even though it's genius quote unquote to borrow the tropes from any other horror sequel. And, you know, I don't know. I think he kind of gets lost in the sauce in that a little bit. And also, you know, I think and part of the reason why is because this movie, the script, also got leaked. Right. So they had to so change the, the ending. They had to change it. And I realize that now. I'll go over that more in the in the trivia. But, yeah, I, I can't get too mad at it for being not so good because they did have to change it last minute. And I'm sure it fucked a lot of things up, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is a lot of callbacks to other movies in this one, just like the other one. This one, for me, just the characters don't feel as entertaining. Right. It doesn't feel as well-rounded as the first movie does. It kind of feels like it's in a hurry to get over. Mm-hmm. And it's 
sort of playing with the phone and doing different things and stuff. There's We've got caller ID now. And yeah, there's the caller ID joke six, in there. Star Six Nine. And I think even when the movie came out, that was still getting popularized. It was like right. They were right on the cusp of all of that, and it was like kind of people were like, "Hey, why don't you just use caller ID? Right. Star Six Eight or Star Six, star six nine, nine. You know, to call them back or whatever. But uh, you know, whatever. It's just movie stuff, you know. But I don't know. This one just didn't, I didn't really like it. I don't really like Jerry O'Connell in this at, at all. In fact, I agree. I like him in sliders, but I just did not like him in this movie. His scene uh, where he sings to Sydney in this is oh, cringe. some of the most cringe worthy shit. And you know what's funny? That's what landed him the job That's because weird. that was what everybody had to do for the role of him. It just. Not their relationship in this movie did not seem real. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that aspect of it. Um, it's cool and all like that. They, you know, there's this interesting sort of plot going on, but it just didn't keep my interest while I was watching it. Um, I had to rewatch uh, the movie again pretty much last night because I just felt like I wasn't giving it a fair enough shot. And I also passed out yesterday while watching or the day before yesterday while watching it a few times. So I, I rewatched it. And yeah, it that was the same thing. I just kept tuning out. There are some funny jokes in there that are mirroring from the first movie. And it just adds to the spoofiness that I don't like about the franchise so much. Like I get satire and I'm not against satire, but I just... I can only handle so much like happy bubblegum bullshit. You know what I mean? In my horror movies. Like, you know, I don't know if I can sit through an entire franchise like this. You know what I mean? But I'm not trying to shit on it that much. It's not that big of a gripe. It's just, uh, you know, maybe like a point or two down from the other movie. You know what I mean? I, I do... It sucks, you know, Dewey's not a cop in this, but I do like the sort of relationship dynamic between him and Gail Weathers. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was cool. Um, there are some other characters that are in the movie. Randy's, you know, Randy. There's nothing really much different about that. I just didn't like the killers in this one as much. Right. I thought they were kind of, it's a weak excuse, but then again, it's like most sequels had really shitty, uh, you know, reveals right. or whatever you know like so it's like eh, like it's like it can cover its wounds by saying it's doing the sequelitis thing but i still just don't think it's as entertaining that makes sense and you can call it genius if you want and if you like it that's awesome i just think this is like a 6.5 out of 10 for me you know like i can watch it it's not hard to watch it's just not exactly enjoyable. And there's maybe one scene in the movie that I really liked visually that I thought was really effective. And I think it had to do with Gail Weathers, a scene with her in the, oh, in the yeah. sound studio. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great scene. But other than that, I mean, I really just was not vibing with how the killer handled things in this movie. Felt very fumbly, felt very rushed. I don't know. Something about it just didn't sit a hundred percent right with me. And again, these numbers could change by the end of the whole you know franchise that we talk about but for right now i'm somewhere around a 6.5 on this one Mm -hmm. and it could go lower or higher i don't know we'll see what about you what did you think i loved the beginning of the movie i loved how they were going to the theater to see the stab movie and then it's heather graham and instead she's getting into the shower and it's shot by shot the psycho shower scene 
and then you know the ki- you know the killer ends up being in the in the theater. I love that whole opening scene. I thought it was great. Hiding in the open. Right, but then of course then they have to go to the college because you know she's in college now. The story was just a lot weaker than you know the original, and they could have done a better job. And also, they, they kind of lay her heroism. I just want to say something real quick. Sorry, they kind of lay her heroism out there a little too much. Like almost like you know. Like she's incapable of feeling pain or not susceptibility or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, I mean. It was a year that, before. It's like. Yeah, but she's already been through so much even before that. Oh, so she just doesn't feel pain anymore. No, she just. How else you have to deal with it? I don't know if all my friends were dead. I would think it would probably take a year off. I probably wouldn't go to school. Well, you don't know. Well, that's you, though. I mean, maybe she felt like she needed to move on. Like right, she needs, okay. She's young and she needs she's to, so strong. Yes, she's so strong. She needs to move on with her All life. Right. Everyone deals with their trauma differently. Okay, Christina. <laughs> Just that, if, if I was writing this, I would say that's not very realistic. Go ahead. And there were a lot of great actors in this movie that just sucked. Like you said about Jerry o- O'Connor. O'Connell. O'Connell, whatever the fuck. And then um, the uh, Timothy, t- t- the guy who plays Mickey, too, he's a great actor. And he just, I didn't like him in this at all. Yeah. And I really, really like Laurie Metcalf, too. But she she was just, like, overly doing it in this. A lot of people just didn't cr- feel, I just didn't like their characters. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And then and then all the cringy scenes, the, the singing scene. And then I, they had to throw her wanting to be in a play, an actress, and I know, like, he was trying to tie in, like, this Greek goddess into, like, how she's a survivor and then this Greek goddess was... But it was just stupid to me. It was, like, it was... It didn't, like, pointless. It's just pointless. Right. So, yeah. yeah he's, I like, one of the best actors in the movie, by the way. Yeah. But, and the, yeah. And then, yeah, the ending was silly, but now I know why. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, not as superior as the first one, but again, I still enjoyed it. I enjoyed like the first like 20 minutes. So eh, I'll give it a seven. Okay. So more than me, but you know, I think I was fair. I think 6.5 is fair. I just remember liking it a lot less. I didn't hate it, mm-hmm. but you know, I was a little bit more particular back then because I hadn't seen as many horror movies, I guess, you know, at that time. So right, maybe, exactly. You were a kid. Yeah. It was like, everything is garbage after, you know. When you don't yeah, see enough movies. Yeah, after the 80s to you. Yeah, if you haven't seen enough movies, everything's garbage to you, of course. So, yeah, just remember that next time you say that, you stupid fucks. I'm just kidding. They should have used a real bear. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know why I read that so funny. Anyway, it's just me. Who cares what I think? Um, uh, So, seven and a, so a 6.75 for this movie. And it could change, right? Right. Because we haven't seen three and four in a long time. I'd never seen three and four. I'm sure we watched four together. No, I've never watched a Scream movie with you. Wow. Didn't four come out in like 2011? I watched it. Yeah, yeah. But I had. Yeah, but I thought I watched it around the time we were together. Nope. Wasn't me. It was the other girl. <laughs> the other. The one other girl. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? There was like hundreds. I'm, <laughs> I'm a whore. I'm <laughs> Proud whore. Anyway, you can be a whore these days. <laughs> Back in my day, you tried to be a whore and it was all, you know, that was a sin. Just kidding. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm very liberated now. Um, so we do have some information on this movie. We'll get into that now. If you haven't seen the movie, obviously you might not want to hear some of this, but, you know, we'll get into it. 
I think most people have seen this franchise. Maybe they haven't refreshed on it in a while, but yeah, we're going to get into our trivia and spoilers on this. So just a heads up. Here's your warning now. So beginning of the movie, Omar Epps, Jada Pinkett Smith, or Jada Pinkett at the time, I think. I don't know, and I'm not going to look up their marriage history. Well, it says it on, it usually says it in IMDb. It'll have it in parentheses. It'll be like, yeah, it'll be it like formally. It didn't. Huh. Anyway, they're watching a movie that is, of course, the movie within a movie of the movie we watched of Scream. <laughs> that is called Stab. And uh, they continue this theme, by the way, in the subsequent sequels, by the way. So it gets a even more ridiculous movie, movie meta <laughs> later on. There was a scene where Omar Epps gets stabbed through the stall, which I thought was pretty gnarly. Oh, his face. Yeah. Yeah. Because the tendency, they even talk about it in this movie. You up the kills, you up the blood, you up yep. the carnage, you up everything. The deaths. More right. people die. Everything's got to be more big, you know. Mm-hmm. Apparently in the theater, when they go to get popcorn two times, she goes, she goes back when Right. She goes she to the bathroom bored. or whatever. Yeah. Peter Deming, the director of photography for the movie, cameoed as the concessions clerk. Oh. So, if, you know, just for those of you who are fans of, of him, he is in the movie. And uh, no one ever recognizes that, apparently. But, yeah, I don't know what he looks like. <laughs> so I'm sure some people don't. But I think it's interesting. There's a scene where Paulette Peter- Patterson, who plays the usher, who hands out the masks to Jada Pinkett and Omar Epps, where they get the full-on fucking outfits. They're like, yeah, the studio sent these. It's like, damn, dude. They yeah. sent they sent $29.99 fucking dollar fucking outfits to you? Like, that shit's like 60 bucks now on fucking, you know. Yeah, Spirit Halloween. <laughs> or more. But that girl actually won a contest where she got a spot oh. from MTV. They sponsored her to be in the movie. Oh, that's cool. So they paid for her to be in the movie as an extra, and mm-hmm. that was the one that did it. So cool. pretty cool. That is cool. You know the scenes where they're doing the stab, and you see Wilson, Luke Wilson, fucking <laughs> yeah, play, play Billy, Billy. <laughs> and Heather Graham being a uh, oh no 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 Heather Graham was Tori Spelling. No, you're getting it all messed up. Heather Graham was Drew Barrymore. Casey. Drew Barrymore. Yeah, who played Casey? Casey Becker. Yeah, or is it Sarah? Yeah, you, <laughs> I was getting confused now. Now you're fucking me up. <laughs> anyway, all of those scenes in the stab movie. Were directed by Roger uh, Robert Rodriguez. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yes, he oh. actually directed all of that. Luke Wilson, you know, was in that. Heather Graham, which is also funny because Robert Rodriguez was actually one of the people considered to do Scream, the first oh, Scream. Oh, that would have been interesting. So yeah, he would have did done a good job because he's good at that humor. Yeah, like yeah, definitely. So this movie in particular was shot over the a period of nine weeks. So they took a really long time to shoot this one. And this movie began principal photography just six months after the release of Scream. In fact, it was greenlit while this while the movie was the first movie was in theaters. Mm-hmm. So the script was leaked, like I mentioned, revealing all the plot details, including the identity of the killers. Did they know who re- who leaked the? I have no idea. But somebody did. It's fucked up. And they had to, the script had to be modified to change the many details. In an interview, Wes Craven commented on the rushed six-month production schedule with the film being expected ready for release on December 12th, less than a year after the release of Scream, which is rushed. (laughs) Yeah, that's And this movie feels rushed. 
Uh, and Williamson forced uh, was forced to rewrite the script. Pages for scenes would often be only ready the day of the filming, and others lack significant detail that forced Craven to develop them as the scenes took place. Much like how um, uh, a video drum was made, pretty much. Oh. But, you know, some people are better at it than others. Uh-huh. And uh, I think uh, I would give that award to Cronenberg on that mm-hmm. one because this movie was not that great. <laughs> okay it's not bad it's just okay there were other titles that they were going to consider calling this movie by the way in the film's production including scream again scream louder scream the sequel before the studio just said hey to scream two <laughs> so which you know it i personally think is better because the older yeah. movies a lot of times would be just numbers yeah exa- that, that, that exactly. they're pulling from so yeah it's great i think that's better idea although you know not all of them there was the final chapter you know and other ones that they called different names too but they were more numbers than there were you know secondary names Mm -hmm. hi little monkey who's my bear come here anyway uh mtv movie awards uh gave the the the, uh, nev campbell won best female performance that year oh uh, she no 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 other, you know, people won the award, but I'm sure they were closely tied to all the right all the fucking like uh, advertising and shit because right. that's you know the target big, demographic yeah, essentially teenagers. Uh, in the movie, there was a part where I called out uh, Jerry O'Con- Jerry O'Connell was drinking a drink, remember? And I said, "Oh, that's a oh, Mickey's yeah. wide mouth." Yeah, yeah. So, which you know, I thought was really cool because. He's drinking that wide mouth beer, which we called grenades back in the time. Back yeah, because the they look like grenades. They really do. The Mickey's wide mouth. And they we used to get them because they had higher alcohol content. So mm-hmm. it was more bang for the buck because it's malt beverage. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't that many. It was This is like pre, um, what's that uh, malt beverage that everybody always gets? The 211s, the... You know, and I'm talking about the big 40s. That I are, have no idea. I can't think of what it's called, but everybody drinks those because they're 8.1% alcohol. Oh. Anyway, but we used to get them and throw them across into other people's yards and shit at night. <laughs> they're green. Nobody's going to see them. You know what I mean? <laughs> Some people say that this is a nod that he's drinking Mickey's because of the killer in the movie oh mickey his name's mickey oh right. my god now here's something that a lot of people don't catch when they watch this movie you know we know who the killer is sorry if, he, if you're listening i told you this is spoilerific so you're fucked you fucked yourself on that one if you haven't watched the movie but uh in the movie mickey's character is always carrying around a camcorder did you notice that yep i didn't know that yep I didn't notice that at all. Really? I think no. even like they made a point of it at one point. Dude, he was doing it all over the place when I went back and watched it. Right. And and and, and we later find out that Gail's tapes when the fucking cameraman quits. Yeah. That there's all these fucking footage of, you know, everything. Of everything, but he had the time to copy all the tapes to VHS thankfully because, you know, everybody in the in the um journalists uh department uh, or whatever all the like journalists for tv of course they use vhs no they don't they use special fucking tape recorders oh, the small ones yeah you'd have to like convert it and like i just don't believe that mickey oh. would have had the time yeah, oh my god to convert it but and then the put the tapes in there the mom helped him it's true it's true she did help she was the co- a cons- fake journalist co- conspiracy and see and journalist 
But yeah, he was always shooting film of everybody while they weren't looking. So it makes sense that he would have been the killer from the get. Um, so obviously when this movie was happening, Nev Campbell was on party of five. So this is her schedule on Mondays and Tuesdays during the day. She would, she would shoot party of five. Oh my God. And then spent Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on this movie. Oh, that's horrible. Most of which were all night shoots. So, you know, she would do that. And then on Sundays she would work all night until 6 AM, go home for 15 minutes to shower (laughs) off all the fake blood and then immediately go to party of five to shoot all day long without any wow, sleep. That sucks. Yeah. Well, that's commitment though. You have to do it sometimes when you're cocaine is what that is. Cocaine. <laughs> I need to try some of that. So I won't pass out. <laughs> Can we get some? You need some methy meth. Yes. <laughs> what my buddy said, you should try some meth. I was like, no, fuck you. I ain't doing it. Anyway, there was a scene where Randy and uh, Jamie Kennedy and Courtney Cox and, Dewey are all making a reference towards uh, the fake nude pictures of Gail Weathers. Right. So this is actually a real thing that happened to Courtney Cox. Right. Is that she had fake pictures of her nude that appeared on the web prior to the production of this movie. Mm -hmm. And it was just her head. Right. On On somebody else's body. Yeah. And, and I, she says that in the movie. Yeah, and I love it. She's she how she says it was on Jennifer Aniston's body. I thought it was, it was like, yes, finally a friend's reference. Right. You have to like she was in the biggest movie of all time. Like you have to you have to <laughs> show you. Yeah, mean. Show. Oops, yeah. Sorry, show. So Wes Craven, I told you about how he had issues with the MPAA and he had to lie to him the last time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pre he like prepared for this. And so he said uh, that, you know, he deliberately sent the MPAA a more violent version of the film for approval, expecting them to insist on trimming all these scenes and turning down the gore, meaning he would move, you know, he would have to be able to make minor tweaks to the the movie, though. And to his surprise, they passed the film with an R rating (laughs) (laughs) as they understand the nuances of what the film was saying about movie violence. So it was the context of the film that actually saved them from, Uh you know, like making it a sort of a, you know, public service announcement, essentially. Oh, that's funny. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's funny. So, guys, by the way, and this is a real thing. I think I don't know if they do it anymore, but there was a movie that we watched a while ago. Do you remember that one where the guy was like had all these films and stuff? It was a Vinegar Syndrome movie and he was shooting his wife and there was like a, a public service announcement about a film's violent films. And he goes and kills his wife. Uh huh. He got funding for that movie because it was a PSA. Oh, so weird. So he even got money. Right. Didn't have to pay anything to make that movie. Huh. Weird. So I don't know if they do that anymore because America really doesn't care about its people mostly like (laughs) with like funding for those kind of things anymore. They used to. And we're like the biggest entertainment capital of the world. You'd think that we would have programs like that, but no Canada does. So (laughs) anyway, um, Wes Craven also did a cameo in this. He's in the background of the hospital scene. Oh, he's the doctor. Yeah. You can barely see him. It's very blurry. But he's in there for a minute. Same thing with Matthew Lillard. Yeah, he was at the sorority party. He's at the party. He's wearing glasses. And you also pointed out Tony Collette. I don't know. I was joking about that. Oh, were you really? Oh, it looked like her. It looked like her. In the beginning of the movie in the theater when the girls and Jada Pinkett Smith's character is getting stabbed and she goes up and dies on the stage all dramatically. There's a scene where this woman looks like Tony Collette. And it's not her. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, it could be. It could be. me. Whatever. 
did I, me. Did I not tell you it was a jo- I was no, joking? you didn't. Oh, my bad. Jerk. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I thought I did. Um, there was also another scene that I really liked was when they were talking about the sequels in the in the um, in the classroom. Oh yeah, in the, in the film class. Yeah, that was yeah, a good scene. and they were like, yeah, well, he's like, because the the argument was the sequels are always better anyway, and this is Mickey's argument, of course, which mm-hmm. he brings up later on. He points out another movie. He's like Godfather Two, right? Or I forget what it was. But there was a, you know, they bring up talking about how Aliens was better than the first movie. Tar- Terminator 2 was better than the first movie. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mickey even brings up House 2, the second story. Oh, right. Which everybody's story. like, come on. <laughs> uh, which is f- hilarious. Godfather 2. Uh, in fact, there's a scene, that same scene, um, Jimmy Kennedy's character, Randy, and a classmate are having a discussion about the sequels and he says no aliens definitely and he was like he goes get away from her you bitch and randy corrects him and says stay away you mean stay away from her you bitch (laughs) the guy who said it first is right yeah not randy and you would think randy would be the one right and there's people that are like i don't know if that was done intentionally to kind of make randy look like shit it's a mandela effect or no it's not a mandela effect (laughs) jesus christ or they both got their lines mixed up when they were doing it to oh, each other. Uh-huh. And then they just kept it in. They just kept it in, yeah. Because it's funny. So they don't really know if it was ad-libbed or covered up by mistake or what. So, but yeah, Randy is wrong, by the way. Oh, okay. We get some of the return things. This is one of the things I didn't like in the film. We're, we're, we're obviously covering the same beats because it's sequelitis, and you got to do the same shit. The first movie did because you're worried about... People not liking the sequel as much. So you have to try to recover some of the beats where Sydney slaps the shit out of fucking Gail. Again. She backhands her this like, time. Right in the beginning, too. Which, is great. <laughs> which yeah, we had to laugh at that just because <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Someone needs to like take all the slaps that Gail gets slapped. I wonder if she does she get slapped I, in three. I don't remember. I think it might be a joke or something that they, they make in one of them, though. Okay. I don't remember. Um, She might say something like, you know, oh, what, you're not going to slap me? Oh, okay. I just don't remember. I I very vaguely remember. Well, it's fine. We'll watch it next week. Yeah. Anyway. What else did you like? I mean, is there another scene that you want to point out? Oh, or? yeah. I do want to point it out because uh, so the, when the, there's two sorority girls that, that pop oh, up. Oh, the Noxzema girl? And, yeah, one of them is the Noxzema girl. I it d- her name doesn't matter. She's the Noxima. Oh, that's girl. terrible. And then, uh, and then she's with uh, Portia de Rossi, and that's actually Ellen DeGeneres' wife. That's right. So, and then didn't she's she on stop a show. acting though? I think she did. She was on another show for like a long time though, like one of those like NYPD or something like that. Right. Okay. But I thought that was interesting. Yeah, the Noxima girl. God, that's so funny. So nineties. That's 90s. how we remember her. So nineties. <laughs> Um, there was a part where Cindy is in drama class. She's taking drama, of course, because she's working through her emotions and working through her struggles and her, her trauma. Yeah, her trauma, in which her teacher totally fucking uh, what's it called, exploits. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "You're good," and he's like, "I'm desperate. I don't have another." Uh, I'm a college theater director. Yeah. <laughs> I'm desperate. <laughs> well, he's like, "I don't have an understudy." So, you know, I need you. And then she goes on stage and apparently there is a guy in a mask and you do see his feet go behind the other people. 
And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way that nobody in that theater didn't no. see the guy with the mask. Yeah, the extra person. That was wearing the fucking actual fucking Ghostface killer mask. Right. But yeah, apparently he gets away. So you don't know if it's real or her. Or her imagination. Yeah, like her getting her carried paranoid away. paranoid imagination. But the play that they're doing is called A Game a Gamamon. Mm-hmm. And she has landed the leading role as Cassandra specifically uh, for that. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. And she was like a Greek goddess or something. That yeah, was she knew her. She knew her destiny and, because yeah. she knew her death when her death was happening. Yeah, yeah. And so she like, was cursed with knowing the the future, mm-hmm. and she wasn't afraid of it, and she stood up to it. And right. that's why he was exploiting her is by using her for that scene. And mm-hmm. He thought it would like really impact her. I liked the scene with Sarah Michelle Geller, who's in the house alone while everyone else is at the party. And so she's on the phone with her friend and then the, you know, ghost face calls in. I like that whole. And then she, she, she clicks over to her friend and, and is telling the friend what's going on. And the friend's all like, kill, 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 die, die, die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's, so Some that's, Friday the 13th reverence. Right. So there's like she runs outside, but then there was another girl in the house and then she pops up. Right. So then go, you see Ghostface sneaking into the house while the other girls isn't there. Then the then other he girl stab leaves. her in the back. Yeah. And, and then, then throw her off this balcony. Yeah, she runs upstairs, you know, because that's like what you idiot, do. Like an idiot. Like all the women. Yeah. And no, she he pushes her through the window first. That's right. Yeah. Onto the balcony. And then he like stabs her and then throws her. Did she have a stake in her hand or anything? I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. She was a buffy. <laughs> yeah, she should have been able to take him. There was a goof there I saw. Uh, I think it was like he stabs her in the same spot somehow, or like it, there's a spot that's on her back before he. Oh, before you see the yeah, back like or he something? stabbed her once, but then you see another spot immediately with blood all over it, mm-hmm. and he stabs her in that spot and then throws her off. Mm-hmm. So it looks a little sus because there, you know, blood didn't right. just come out like that. Randy gets killed. Remember they do that little yeah, thing that with may, the. You know what they shouldn't. Have, he calls on the phone and he's like, "Oh, where are oh, you?" And they're running around and uh, Gail and Dewey are like are ripping cell phones out from people's <laughs> hands as they're running around like trying to figure out. Did if you it's watch one of them. them after they were t- like? Because I wasn't paying attention to what they were saying. I was like looking at the people in the background. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like yeah. wondering like how they would react. Oh. Oh, somebody just, I'm okay, mom. Someone just tried to take my phone out of my hand. I'm okay, mom. (laughs) That was funny. But Um, Randy gets taken. Into the van. Right. He gets pulled into the news van and stabbed. Someone pointed out that there's red lipstick on his wrist from the mom and that the mom is the killer for that that one. Oh, yeah, it could be. She's in the news van. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Um... He shouldn't have died. That his death pissed me off. He should have continued on, not not fucking well, do- Dewey. Supposedly it was somebody's idea to kill him off because you wouldn't be expecting it. Yeah, well it worked and it pissed me off. Right, yeah. It's one of those characters you don't want to die. No, because he Because he's the spirit of the film in a lot of ways. Yeah, and he, he keeps the lore. Right, that's know? what I mean. Yeah. Like it's just known in horror movies that you know Yeah. Didn't he die at the end? It's like how they did in Return of the Living Dead. You're a suspect. I'm a suspect. Yeah. He shouldn't have died. That pissed me off. Dewey should have died. Instead, they killed him and brought him back to life again. Then there was that scene where Sid gets the message through the computer that's all linked to the internet. And of course, it says (laughs) that you're going to die tonight. And And then everybody, all the like cops, like shove her in her corner. 
and then, then yeah, and then leave her alone. Yeah, and then, like after she was just just like assaulted through the computer, <laughs> assaulted through the computer, <laughs> and then so Cotton shows up and he's like, "Hey, we got this Diane Sawyer show. We're gonna do. You're gonna do that for me, right? Because you owe me one." And she's like, "No, I don't. I don't want to do it." So wasn't he supposed to be the original killer? I think so. Yeah, I think so too. And then they had to rewrite everything. I so didn't find that. that to be honest. I I should have looked it up. And yeah, I think it it was still the mom, but it was supposed to be Cotton and, instead of the and friend. her boyfriend maybe. Yeah. No, no, not her boyfriend. It, I'm pretty sure it was Cotton and the mom. Huh. Well, he he goes and gets like really fucking pissed off. But there was a scene that was kind of cool in this movie that I liked. Is it's a death scene. It's when the cops like take her from the library and then they go to wherever they're going he's like oh she's like where are we going and he's like well it's best not to ask and then the fucking <laughs> and all of a sudden like the fucking the the steering wheel like it pops or he, like I, what happens he gets his throat cut oh i see so that they're in the theater right and he's he's tight cops are in a car with her and her friend oh. and he gets the 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 driver is like his neck gets cut and then he wrecks, and then the pipe goes through, like, the cop gets on the car and tries to stop Ghostface Killer because they're both in the back seat. Oh, right. And he's, like, trying to... <laughs> Ghostface Killer. Uh, <laughs> I get, I'm thinking of fucking... Anyway, Ghostface is in the front seat, and they're in the back, and they can't get out right, because it's, it's a cop, cop car. car. And one of the other cops is on the front of the hood, and a pole goes through the back of his head and bust the back thing and they have to climb over him. Right. That was a kind of a cool scene. Yeah, I like that. And then I also like how he disappeared and then he popped back up to kill the roommate. Like, Sydney's always, like, getting her friends killed. Yeah. Her friend's like, no, we got to get the fuck out of here. And she's like, no, I got to look and see who's under the mask. And she's like, do you really? Let's get the fuck out of here. And she goes back and her friend ends up dying. Of course, for doing that. Of course. That's another rule. Yep. You know? It's like they already know better, oh, but they don't listen. And they they split up like in the first movie, it, like that was, you don't split up. In this movie, they split up all the fucking time. Yeah, she gets left alone all the time, and yeah, yeah, they the friends and stuff they split up all the time. Yeah, that's another thing is that um, the motive of the killer in this movie is just really lame. Yeah, uh, killers, well, I should say. Like Mickey friend, is like, yeah, Mickey was stupid. Mickey's like the difference is I'm I'm insane and I want to get caught because I'm gonna blame fucking horror movies and violence on TV and they're never gonna stop me and I'll change the world. Blah 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 blah. And then uh, their, Billy's mom shows up and shoots him in the chest a couple of yeah, times that was cool <laughs> debbie loomis billy's mother being uh revealed to one of the killers apparently is an intentional homage to friday the 13th with obviously pamela Voorhees. The, yeah yeah with his mom so but yeah billy's mom shoots mickey who says he's like i'm so excited for the trial i can't wait and then she just comes out shoots and shoots him, him. <laughs> And then she's like, why would you kill him? And she's like, he was stupid. So, uh, you know. Because my revenge is more important. Than what is is. Yeah. But she, uh, Sydney tricks her. And she's like, isn't Mickey supposed to be dead? And she turns around and runs and grabs an axe and starts hacking down the lights and stuff and trying to kill the mom. The mom. And why are there real fucking like Egyptian bricks like falling? That's in? what I was saying. I'm I was like, like, shouldn't that be styrofoam? I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't think that like, those would a, be real. It's a theater. They make it a point to show that too. And yeah. the when she was doing the play and she almost gets stabbed. Yeah. 
like one of the bricks falls. Did you notice that? Yeah, and like shattered. Like they foreshadowed it. And I'm like, eh, I don't really buy that. Of course, Billy's mom gets up out of the wreckage anyway and tries to attack Sid. Right. Because her revenge is so deep. <laughs> That's when Cotton shows up. I did like it when she was like, like, you're just like your mother. <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's some shit right there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like Gail comes in at one point. She gets shot. Yeah. She gets shot and falls into the pit, the like music pit. Yeah. And survives. So, <laughs> so she survives and Dewey survives miraculously. And then when Cotton shows up. She's like, oh, fuck. And then all of a sudden, uh, Bill, Cotton's all like like holding the gun. He's like, you got to let her go. He's like, I've never wanted to hurt you, Sid. And she's like, yeah, but think about it this way. She put you in jail for fucking year. You could kill her and then we could just put it on her and you could let me go. And then you think he's thinking about it for a second. And then uh, he was like, you didn't say you wanted to help me out with that Diane, Diane Sawyer. Sawyer interview. I bet it sounded real good about right now, huh? <laughs> And she's like, consider, consider it, it done. done. And then he's like, bang. bang. <laughs> he shoots her. That was great. And that's when Gail pops up and scares everybody in. And she's like, is she dead? And Sid's like, I don't know. They always come back. And Mickey gets up and they shoot him. And then she goes over and shoots the mom in the head. <laughs> Sydney does. And I'm like, Double God damn, girl. <laughs> she's like, just in case. <laughs> And then Gail goes outside and she's hurt. You know, she's got a wound. She's got a gun wound because I think um, Mickey shot her accidentally. Yeah. When she came in and he was getting shot. But like the, the cameraman who quit and was like, I ain't trying to be a part of this comes back and he's like, hey, we could do it like old times. I'm back. Everything's good. And she's like, at first, she's like ready to get back into her old world. But she realizes that she loves Dewey. And that her and David Arquette are going to get married at some point. And so she decides to go with him on the ambulance because she's alive. And, uh, yeah. So the cameraman is just stuck there with his dick in his hands. Now. Yeah. Right. And then they drive off and stupid. Into the sunset. Now, Julie Pleck revealed on Twitter that the original song that they played over the last few minutes of the film was originally supposed to be Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. Mm-hmm. which if you don't remember had some legal issues because they stole the song from Rolling Stones mm-hmm. and looped it. Right. And so, you know, right. That's why it was so familiar and why so many people liked it. So they had to use a different song in order to do that. And they had to pick. She said by collective soul. Horrible song. Yeah, it was not. That's another bad choice for the end of the movie. Yeah, see, I'm telling you, like these songs they're picking. They were. They also had Cottonmouth Kings in there too. When Randy gets killed. Yeah, but it wasn't like a good Cottonmouth Kings coming at you. But it wasn't. Was it that song? It wasn't that song. Yeah, it was like. Well, I don't know about the name of the song, but I just remember. It wasn't a good one. It's like they pick the, the songs on the albums that you skip through. At first, I was like, is that ICP? And then I was like, oh, yeah, it's Cottonmouth King. So it's like they were like around that time. Mm-hmm. They even had their own side projects like that they they did that were, you know, rap-tastic. <laughs> rap crap Whatever, if you want to say that. They did ask Collective Soul to add cello to the um, element to kind of evoke that sort of but mm-hmm. it, I think this end song sucked. Yeah, it sucked. It just didn't work. 
Now, originally, the film was supposed to end with a shot of another ghost face watching over them from the campus bell tower, meaning that there was one another, more. Another one. Yeah. Why the fuck didn't they do that? I don't know. Maybe we'll see it's in the so- third one and realize why. Okay. Maybe they changed something and we'll find out in the trivia. But yeah. So okay. that's how that ended. I wasn't too fond of the second one. Obviously, so far, our order is one and then two. <laughs> but we'll see how it goes you know um I, I remember when you were in the theater with me when we watched cocaine bear and we saw the trailer for the newest movie and the dude brings out a shotgun and you were like "Ooh, that's not good yeah and then when we watched this one and everybody had guns i was like well i guess it doesn't really matter well it's not no, like but, really logic breaking no, okay oh we didn't talk about the trailer so yeah the trailer ugh. I don't know. I'm open to it. I'm kind of. Of course, we I like the whole open. urban setting. I think it's interesting that it's going there. I'm sure it's going to be loosey goosey when it comes to the connection of like who this girl is or whatever. And I haven't seen five, and I don't remember four, and I can't remember three. So right. So hopefully the first three sense. were written in a row when right. the, when he sat down to do it. In fact, Kevin Williamson was like, "Hey, I'm going to write all three of these, and then I'm going to pitch it as a franchise." Uh-huh. And that's how it got picked up. There was actually a huge bidding war between Paramount, like uh, Dimension, which was starting up and they wanted to do this whole horror thing. Uh-huh. And all the other companies would have had to trim back the gore and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Dimension was actually because they picked it and they got it. They actually kept it in. Oh, okay. So I forgot to mention some of that, I think. Well, whatever, it's fine. But yeah, he did all the first three. So the first three are all canon, canon, canon. Mm-hmm. And then four and five are you know added on i don't know who wrote those or if he wrote them or what Mm -hmm. so so three is definitely very connected to the second one okay good i just don't remember how okay i'm excited so hopefully we did that justice for you guys and you aren't mad at me um or christina i know some of the some of you this is their favorite franchise you're pure garbage i just grew up at a different time than you and you, you grew up in this time. <laughs> no, I grew up. I mean, I did, but I, I, I grew up liking other things before the people that like this. You were like child. this may have been their thing while Freddie was mine before that. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's why I say that is that everybody grows at a different pace. They like different things for because they've seen different movies. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see where we end up with all the movies and right. what we like. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, guys, stay tuned next week when we're going to do part three and part four. Part five, I believe, was just called Scream, which I don't know why. We'll find out. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. I'm curious to see the rest of these. You know, once I get started, I always want to finish the franchise Mm -hmm. just because, I, you know, your curiosities get the best of you. So I'd be curious to hear what you guys think might be my favorite or Christina's favorites. You know, down the line, if you got any, if you think you make some guesses and see if you're right, because I don't know. I don't know where it's going to end up. Mm-hmm. I don't remember liking three, but I like. I think I remember liking it more than two. I think I didn't like two at all. And then four, I just remember kind of being like, a meh. it was just a thing. Mm-hmm. It was just thrown out there. You know what I mean? So we'll see, I guess. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So I hope we did it justice for you guys. Next week, we'll have three and four done and the following week it'll be time for five and six 
And, uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes from there, guys. But thank you guys so much for listening. I would love to hear your thoughts about this franchise. If you're, you know, with me or not with me, it doesn't matter. There's no right answers. I just would love to hear what you guys think. And if you enjoy this franchise or if you're as big a fan of it as Murray is, uh, <laughs> who just yipped at me because he knows we're rounding it up. Because I said guys. I think that's why. But anyway, thank you guys so much for coming by. And as always... Long live the voice.